right, all right. Everybody doing okay? Sounds super convinced of that. Uh, how about you people online? Yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome back uh, with us online from your announcements there. Um, hey, uh, before we jump into what we're going to be talking about today, I just want to encourage you uh, to uh, come back tonight and uh, be a part of our worship and prayer night. As I uh, spoke on last week, worship is a priority, and it's going to be something that is going to continue to be um, talked about, uh, taught, discussed uh, throughout this year. And uh, this is a great way for us to conclude our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, And in fact, at the end, after we've prayed and worshiped, uh, we're going to break our fast with uh, Whataburger. So we're providing Whataburger. Uh, it's all taken care of in Topos. It's Whataburger because we're not godless. We're not going to have in and out or some nonsense like that. Um, uh, you just always, it's like anytime, like if you ever say anything political, you just divide the whole room, uh, which I would never do. But uh, if you say like Whataburger or in and out you just, you've lost half of your congregation and attention span, but uh, I, I want to encourage you to come back. Uh, the, the team's worked hard on it. We've, we're going to have some time of prayer, uh, but it is going to be a lot of just us praising our King, and, uh, and so uh, that's at 6 o'clock tonight. Come back for that. Uh, there's some who are coming to newcomers today. Uh, we have a full newcomers class, which we're really excited about, uh, but it's going to be a long day. Uh, it's going to be a long day, especially if you're going to newcomers and, uh, and then coming back for worship. Um, I, I think there's child care up to uh, three years old, uh, so you, you with little babies, it might be hard to, um, or little ones, it might be hard to enter into worship. We wanted to make that available, but for the rest of you, we want our kids to see us worship. And so this is an opportunity for us to model for them what worship looks like, and especially our singing portion of worship, okay? Uh, Before we uh, jump in, uh, I want to give you a phone number. Uh, It's going to be up on the screen here in like two clicks, 210-646-4457, 210-646-4457. That's going to be up until... Uh, I introduce Pastor Jay in a video. If you need to take a picture of that, you can take a picture. Uh, This is in case you have any questions throughout this morning. Uh, It can be mostly about anything, but this uh, last service, I got a a text that said, uh, we've been trying to contact you about your uh, expired uh, warranty or something along those lines. Um, somebody just being funny, um, and, uh, and it wasn't. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It was kind of funny. Because um, today uh, is uh, what's called our annual family meeting. We used to uh, have these family meetings on Sunday nights, uh, but nobody showed up to them. I mean, there was a few that showed up, a few of the faithful, a few of the people who uh, really, uh, really enjoy the numbers and, and all of that. And we've just decided over the past uh, quite a few years now to move it to Sunday morning because there is uh, some of what we're talking about is very important. 
uh, all of what we're talking about is very important, but we're not, uh, but we're not, um, I think at times we can think, well, this is just a business meeting. This isn't a business meeting. This is a health check. That's how I view our family meeting is this is an opportunity to, to take our pulse, to uh, check our vitals and make sure that we are in a place of health as a church family. And so this is very important for you. Most churches that you attend, uh, you, you probably don't know some of this information uh, and you should know all of this information. We want to be transparent about uh, our finances, about what's going on here. Uh, and so if there's questions that aren't answered, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'm getting them live. Uh, somebody apparently just tried to call that number. Uh, don't call it, just text it. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to answer. So just text to that number. Um, but I want to kick off by talking about our tithable income. Uh, our tithable income for 2021 was $1,006,753. Uh, our budget for 2021 was $922,000. So you can see that there was a bit of a surplus there. Um, what do I mean by tithable income? That's not something that you really hear all that often, and it even sounds weird to associate income with the word tithe. Um, but how we function as a church is based upon the tithe. And so these are the dollars that have come in of the tithe of our church. And when we set a budget, we set that budget based upon, honestly, imaginary numbers. Because as you know, the tithe is always uh, your choice. And so we try to make decisions for the coming year, for the future, based upon, it's not like we are a business where we have a product that we are selling. We're not selling Jesus here. Now, there may be some churches that try to sell Jesus, but that's not us, okay? So the tithable income is the amount of money that, and this is really important, that we as a church then turn around and tithe on. I'm going to talk about that in a second. The, the second line that you see there is other income. Now, what do I mean by other income? This is income that comes in that's designated specifically for something. Uh, you just saw a video of our missions team. Well, when they go on the missions team, they send the church the money. We buy the tickets and provide all of the logistics of the trip. And so uh, that income would show up in other income. Sometimes people give to our partnership ministries or to some specific missions situation that's going on. That's other income. We don't tithe off of that income because we're not holding on to any of that. It's just a we're just a flow through. So it comes in and it goes out, okay? Uh, just so we're clear. Now, for 2022, we are setting our budget at uh, 7% less or at 93%, to say it that way, of our 2021 tithes. Okay, so we're setting our budget conservatively less than what we actually received in 2020, uh, in 2021. These 20s, right? They're going to be the end of me today. Um, now, I want to let you know that in 2021, we set that budget about 17% less than 2020's tithable income. 
And you can say, well, man, that's a pretty significant, that's 10% difference than this year. Well, what we noticed in 2020 is that actually our giving kind of went up, uh, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, but this year, we're about $75,000 below what 2020's tithable income was. And this is some of the reason. In 2020, uh, people were not traveling. People were not going out to eat. People didn't know what to do with their money. And so they, they gave it to the church. They gave it to nonprofits, to uh, organizations that were actually helping and serving in their community. And so for us, our, our tithing went up during that time. But in 2021, it's kind of leveled back off uh, to where it normally is. So uh, that coupled with a very large Make a Difference offering where uh, many people gave some of their end-of-the-year giving towards that. Um, so uh, if you have questions, uh, feel free to, to text them to me. Uh, ministry expenses. Ministry expenses is a lot of everything that goes on around here. Everything from kids, snacks, uh, to the curriculum, uh, to next gen, to coffee bar. And you can think, well, is coffee really a ministry expense? Yes. Yeah, 100% it is. Because <laughs> I look around, I see coffee in all y'all's hands, and, uh, and I know this is why you come to church here is because there's free coffee. So... It's not free. You actually paid for it. It's in that budget line. Uh, facility and administration. Uh, that's everything that it costs to operate around here. Uh, for most people, that seems just so high, especially since we don't have a building payment. I'm proud to report, as we have been the past couple of years, we are completely debt-free, uh, which is... Uh, a really amazing position to be in, um, considering many of my friends who who pastored through 2020 and now are kind of coming into 2021 uh, are feeling the effects of a uh, loan payment of a debt load. And I, I just, that's to the heart of a council many years ago saying we've got to get our church out of debt and we've been able to do that. Uh, personnel costs, um, Oh, what I was going to say about facilities and administration is it seems like an inflated number, but I just want to remind you that your electric bill, uh, your CPS bill, although it seems to be going up, um, is, you know, might be around $200, $250, and at least mine is. I have spray foam insulation, so it's a little cheaper. But um, the, uh, the, the energy bill, the CPS energy bill for here is typically anywhere from eighteen to $2,000, right? And that's not even using the facility all throughout the week. Uh, that's Sundays, Sunday nights, Thursday nights, Wednesday nights. So, uh, so you can see it's almost 10 times the amount. So it's a, it's a, a real large amount. Uh, personnel costs uh, is uh, a little bit high, higher than we would like it. We've discussed this as a uh, church council. Um, uh, just so you know, included in that is seven full-time staff members, uh, five part-time staff members uh, are included in that amount. And then, of course, uh, the, the beautiful retaining wall that we uh, put up this year. Uh, it may not be one of those things that, that feel all that kingdom-minded, uh, but I can tell you that I am super excited about it. 
Um, you would feel it's kingdom-minded if you were the one pressure-washing all of the mud uh, down to the bottom. You would feel kingdom-minded if you've ever slipped coming down those steps. So, uh, so this was just a necessity that had to take place. And here's the beauty of that amount is we did not have to dip into our savings. We have not yet had to dip into our savings to cover the cost of that. We had a surplus. We were able to cover that out of just our regular uh, operating expenses, uh, checking expenses, okay? So I want you to, uh, you're going to hear from, you're going to see, hear from uh, different staff members about uh, their heart for 2022 uh, throughout the, the morning. And so let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Pastor Jay. I am so excited to share with you guys where we're headed in 2022 in regard to our missions work, our classes, and our dream teams here on Sunday mornings. First of all, missions work. Wow. Not only was 2021 an incredible year for our missions endeavor, but 2022 is gonna be even better. Uh, right now, as you're watching this, I'm actually in Columbia um, on an eye clinic with a team from our church and some, some other folks from North America and Columbia. And we're gonna have the same eye clinic next year. So if, if you wanted to go this year and it didn't work out, be sure you sign up for next year's eye clinic. Guys, this year in 2022, we're gonna build the boat through your generous, generous giving and the generous giving of other churches that partnered with us and other donors, we raised the money, the $350,000 for the hospital boat. So a major, major thing this year, uh, the inaugural um, sailing, I guess, what you'd say of this boat is going to be in February, 2023. In August, we're gonna do a joint project with a Foursquare Disaster Relief and Medical Missions International. And we're gonna go to the, pretty close to the Venezuelan border. And it's a project called Road to Hope where uh, Venezuelan refugees are coming into Colombia, and we're gonna go and we're gonna provide medical care to them and for them. We have a trip planned to the Amazon, trying to nail down the date. And then we also are planning on doing a special project with the churches in San Gadoro. Lots of opportunity to get involved in Columbia this year. I'd love for you to come with me and be a part of it. Locally, we're working this year to continue to strengthen our relationship and our partnership with our, with our local partners and to see God continue to develop that because we really wanna be a church that makes a difference not only locally, but also globally. In regard to our classes, um, February 16th, we are launching our new classes. We'd love for you to be a part of those. And then this fall, we're gonna offer even more classes and, and more opportunities. And really it's such a good opportunity to be equipped to live on mission in, in your life circle. And so we really wanna help do that. Also our dream teams on Sunday mornings, um, our dream teams are an incredible way to not only get involved in the life of the church and to serve, but also to um, connect relationally with others, to receive uh, discipleship, spiritual formation. We have some great dreams and desires for our dream teams this year. Uh, my heart, my desire, our church's heart, our church's desire is to really help take them another step forward, not only in what we're doing on Sunday mornings, but outside of Sunday mornings, that we'd be able to connect better relationally and to grow together in Christ and strengthen each other. So we'd love for you to be on a dream team. If you're not on one, we'd love for you to get in a class and come join us on a missions trip this year. Um. So uh, just a couple things uh, of note that Pastor Jay talked about. Um, 
if you are currently serving on a dream team, uh, some of what he's talking about, about connection and relationship uh, and intentionality, uh, uh, may not, that may not currently feel like what uh, serving on a dream team feels like. Uh, and, and I just want to acknowledge that. We know that. Uh, but we are making some adjustments to uh, our programming and the way in which we are going about spiritual formation in people's lives, leadership multiplication, and our commitment to you is that that's shifting, and, uh, and you're going to hear more about that in my message. Uh, it turns out that uh, I thought I was going to squeeze a message in today. Uh, first service proved me wrong. Uh, so just relax. There's not a message coming, uh, a whole nother message coming after this. Although this is second service, so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I have it prepared. Um, in regard to the, the, the boat, uh, the missions boat, um, we, uh, I just want to report that not only did uh, we raise at our Make a Difference offering $155,677, uh, the 157,677 is because we had a couple thousand dollars come in for MMI throughout the year, and we decided to go ahead and add that into the hospital boat. Um, and uh, and so that's the the 157 is the total amount from Lifehouse Church. But there was a church in Stanwood, Washington. Uh, a good friend of ours, Tim Petzel, uh, put the hospital boat on his church's radar, and they contributed forty thousand dollars from their church. Uh, and then we found out that uh, there was uh, a couple of uh, brothers who decided they wanted to contribute to the hospital boat. And so they contributed, uh, they put up 140000 of matching funds. Um, and another family decided that they were going to match those funds. Uh, so we have well exceeded the $350,000. In fact, we have enough. It's somewhere uh, around $700,000. We have enough for 20% contingency on the boat, just in case there's any issues. I think the contingency is really good air conditioning in whatever room I'm going to be staying in. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the first year of not just the operation of the boat, but all of the ministry and medical care that the boat is going to give uh, is already covered. And then on top of that, uh, th there was enough to be able to help uh, Juan Allen as he manages the, and oversees the whole project. It's, it's not as much as you would think, but it's enough to kind of help compensate him for his time in overseeing this massive, massive project. So I just want to encourage you, listen, when we presented this and prayed about this decision, um, we prayed, God, would you do abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine? I will tell you, full disclosure, as much as I have faith, this is abundantly more than I could ever dream or imagine. And so thank you for your faithfulness in that. Um, as well, uh, you can see there that uh, there was donations made to the South Pacific uh, region of Foursquare. So these are to Foursquare churches uh, in the South Pacific. Uh, and I want to let you know that I've actually uh, 
uh, made, we've made available. We've had some people ask us, what about what's going on uh, with the whole underwater volcano that just took place? And uh, not just the, dis- uh, the destruction, but the disruption to people's lives and water supply and all of that. Um, we don't typically take extra offerings like that, but I have made that link available. If you would, if that's on your heart and, and you want to give to help out with that, that'll go specifically to Tonga uh, in the South Pacific, uh, where they're really struggling just even getting water. Uh, there's a, a woman, uh, Brandy, who was supposed to get, actually did end up getting married, but was supposed to get married, and uh, our Foursquare uh, Missions Department hadn't even heard from her. Uh, because it had cut the uh, communication line, the one communication line to the island was cut underwater, uh, and so they couldn't even get a hold, they didn't even know how things were going. So uh, they have since talked to her, she has uh, since gotten married, uh, but we uh, want to make that available to, um, to you if, if that's something that the Lord puts on your heart. All right, uh, at the top of that page, you will see our tithe. Uh, that tithe goes towards church planting. It goes to the development of pastors and leaders. Um, something that I'm going to be talking about next week is that, uh, that the, the fields are ripe with harvest, but the workers are few. Uh, this is, help de- this is uh, in helping develop uh, more and healthy leaders as well as in pastoral care and training for not, not our pastors, but uh, for Foursquare pastors all over the country and really all over the world. And then that missions giving that you see there is uh, 1% of our tithable income. We just give away to what's called Foursquare Missions International. That's our uh, general missions fund that then helps disperse those funds uh, all across the world. All right, so that's uh, a lot of our giving. Uh, Somebody had a question. They wanted to know if there's any money left in the budget uh, to get Paul some decent clothes. Um, Answer to that is there's definitely not enough money for that. He's got way too much Oregon State gear for that. Uh, I want to introduce you to... uh, uh, our Lifehouse Kids Director, she's going to come and share with us. Uh, and uh, before, before I have her come, um, you know, in, in our personnel costs, I just want to remind you that uh, this last year we had two of our full-time staff members transition out. Uh, if you remember, if, if you haven't been around uh, for a while, you wouldn't know this, but uh, for those of you who have uh, Pastor Julie, who was our Lifehouse Kids director, uh, her and her family moved out to Florida, and so uh, we have uh, had to transition her position. Uh, and then Pastor Lucy, at the end of the summer, uh, beginning of the fall, took a position up in Waco, Texas, uh, working for a nonprofit organization called One Heart. Uh, so both of those transitions have taken place, and I, I just want to say something about Liz Tate. Uh, Liz has been with us for a, a very long time, and Liz has always functioned as kind of the, the assistant, the, uh, the second-in-command uh, down that kids' hall. And uh, when uh, she, she's been with us long enough that she's had to... Uh, 
transition and adapt to a lot of different people who have served over the years uh, with Lifehouse Kids. And she has always done it graciously. She has always done it with a servant's heart. And uh, and this year when Julie transitioned out, uh, we decided to make the decision to move her out of an assistant position and put her in the lead position. And, and I just can't tell you, uh, I, I don't always get it right, uh, but this was the right decision. Uh, I, I don't think that we realized how much untapped uh, giftings and potential were in Liz over all of these years. And for that, I I have to own that and and be apologetic for it. But she truly loves our kids. And and this isn't just a job for her. (laughs) For you and me, maybe working with kids every Sunday might feel like a job. This is a calling on her life. She loves our kids, and she loves what God's doing in our kids. And so uh, I I just, I'm not going to do this with all my staff members, uh, but I just am so grateful and so thankful uh, to have somebody of the caliber that we have with, with Liz Tate leading our kids. So Liz, why don't you come and share with us? As Ryan said, I truly do love kids ministry. I love being here during the week, prepping for all the kids to come on Sunday. I love being here on Sunday mornings, getting to interact with them and the parents and the Sunday school teachers. It's just a dream job, really. Um, LH Kids is a very unique ministry in that we have the opportunity to care for three different sets of people. We get to care, of course, for the kids. But we also put a huge emphasis on caring for the parents and the Sunday school teachers. We want to connect all three groups, even the kids, to real love and real life to make a difference in the world. We want LH Kids to be a reflection of the bigger church. And what we want for what Pastor Ryan wants for you all, I want that for the kids. They can do it. Um, Two um, emphases we have during, down the kids' hall is spiritual development and leadership multiplication. Our heart for your kids is that they understand worship, that they understand who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, that they know that the Bible is true, it's not a fairy tale. We want them to have the Bible skills they need to find God's word and to use it and apply it. We want them to know about prayer and about how to turn around and listen for God, to be still and listen. We want them to understand salvation, and of course, by the end, they need to have an understanding of themselves. They need to know that they were created uniquely by God, they are loved and seen by God, and that they were made for a purpose. And when they understand that, then they're going to do amazing things. Um, in our leadership development we, uh, and multiplication, we have our LH Kids worship team that we have started back up this past year, and you saw them today. Um, throughout this next coming year, they will be meeting on the fourth Sundays of every month, and it's for everyone. It is a Sunday school class for all elementary kids to learn about the heart of worship. We all need to know about worship, not just if we're a good singer or not, because worship takes many different forms. 
Um, and from there, they can join the worship team and further develop their leadership skills by leading from stage, leading through acting, leading through content. I don't know if you knew, our, G our LH Kids tech team was actually running both cameras in the very back. I don't know if they're back there now because I can't see. But yes, they're back there. Um, and so we give them an opportunity to start developing their leadership skills early on. Um, down our kids' hall, we try to organize it as well as how we do in big church. We have big church gatherings. We all come together for big group worship, and then afterwards we meet in smaller groups for the connection. And the reason for that is because we know that we can have all these goals for the kids and their spiritual development, but none of that can happen without relationship. And so our heart for this next year is to work at developing relationships. Each Sunday school teacher really only has a small group of five to six kids that they build relationships with. And they want to build relationships with you. Some of you have been kind of awkward. We've let you inside the doors to pick up your kids. And you're like, what did my kid do wrong? Why am I coming in the room? It's open door. Y'all walk in, go see your teacher, go see their teacher, your teacher, build a relationship with them. I'm going to be holding several more events this year to help build community and relationship with parents and with Sunday school teachers. We're going to have a daddy-daughter gala coming up in April, so be watching for that. We have Mega Sports Camp. Mega Sports Camp is not a normal VBS. It is an outreach. So we need everyone here involved in Mega Sports Camp because we don't want to just shine a light inside these walls. We need to shine the light out there. And so we encourage our kids to invite friends, bring people in so we can share his light. Um, we take our preteens to church camp in August, our fifth and sixth graders. Our fifth and sixth grade class has really kind of taken a, a ministry of its own. Um, we gather quarterly with parents and teachers to build community and relationships. Um, on February 12th, we're getting together to do Love Where You Live, to eat lunch together, to build care baskets um, for others, um, and to get them ready to transition out of LH Kids into NextGen. Um, and so NextGen comes to those events. We get to know them. The preteens get to know them. And again, it's developing the relationships. So when they're done with LH Kids after sixth grade, they already have a relationship. They have relationships in here. They have relationships with NextGen. And they feel a part of the bigger church. I can't do all this by myself. I forgot to mention this first service because I was super nervous up here. But I have an amazing leadership team behind me. I can't do this by myself. And that's been a big goal of mine is to have a team of people who care about your kids, who care about the Sunday school teachers, and are pouring into this ministry. And that's Bianca Norton and Tara Dinsmore and Carly Dawson and Mallory Derazio. Um I love them, and they love your kids as well. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Liz. Uh uh, for Liz uh, coming up and transitioning the uh, uh, the worship this morning, speaking in front of you is like a little bit out of our comfort zone, um, but we're continually kind of pushing that envelope a little bit because what she has to say is really, really good. Uh, I want you to hear from uh, Paul, from our next-gen director. Uh, take a look at this. 
Hey, Lifehouse family, Pastor Paul here. I'm sorry that I can't be with you at today's family meeting because my 90-year-old grandmother went to be home with Jesus and I'm up in the Pacific Northwest having a celebration of life for her. We kicked off 2022 already with a young adult retreat and we have more in store. Um, the students have been learning to go book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, which is called expository um, Bible study. They're learning how to own their faith and their other social circles, just like Pastor Ryan is teaching y'all. And so we're looking forward to a leadership class, 10 weeks called That Doesn't Just Happen, that we're going to be starting February 15th. So a lot of great things going on in Gen, And I just want to thank you for all that you do to support us. God bless you. Right. Uh, a couple questions that have come up. Uh, one of the questions uh, was, has our church membership uh, grown uh, in this past year uh, is along with our online presence. I would say our online presence has remained steady uh, throughout this past year in 2021. Uh, I don't have the online numbers right in front of me, uh, but we do track that and we, we want to make sure that they know that they're uh, seen and valued. Uh, but as well as we want to make sure that we're doing everything and investing into that uh, appropriately. Uh, I would say just an honest answer to that is I don't, I would say our membership has grown, but our attendance has not. <laughs> uh, let me explain that. So what 2020 did was it revealed to us um, an element of uh, the, the casual attender. And I don't mean any disrespect by this. I don't mean any, um, any element of, of us and them or any of that. But, but the, uh, the casual attender, I would say, was the biggest casualty of 2020. And since we've come back into person and over the last uh, year and a half that we've been back in person, our membership and the commitment level of those who are coming in person, those who are watching online, the ones that are watching online, uh, many of them are faithful to be online every single Sunday. And those are the ones that we're really counting as a part of our church. We're not counting people who are just you know, scrolling through their Facebook feed and because I shared it or somebody else shared it, they click on it. We, we can actually track that they were only on for like three seconds. They're like, oh, Pastor Ryan's speaking, keep scrolling. So... The like, <laughs> like, like, seriously, like we know how many seconds they're on there. And so uh, we're not really uh, measuring that, but we are measuring those who are uh, staying on throughout the service, uh, throughout the service time. And so I would say uh, to answer that question, our membership is growing, meaning uh, the commitment level, people going through newcomers, connection, and then becoming members and serving. Uh, but our attendance, like on a Sunday morning, uh, is not growing. Uh, it's, I would, it's starting to now, um, but there was a pretty big drop-off from 2020. Okay? Uh, another question uh, that came up, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to address this question in just a second. We're going to be talking about that. Um, so does the personnel costs uh, line item include all the pay for the church staff? As an example, sometimes churches pay some of the missions pastor's salary out of their 
tithe. Um, as an example, sometimes churches pay some of their missions pastor salary out of their tithe. Uh, I don't, I'm not fully aware of, I might need some clarification on that last part, but uh, the first answer to that question is yes. All, so every, every compensation, uh, the total compensation package is out of that personnel line item uh, for all of our staff, myself included. Uh, so that includes all uh, five of the full-time staff and, I mean, all five of the part-time staff and all seven of the full-time staff. So hopefully that answers the question. If you need more clarification, uh, I can come back to that. Uh, I'll get to this question now. Uh, this Somebody asked the question, uh, could you tell me a little bit about this? This is exactly where we're going. If you want to look at the back of this uh, annual report, you will see a list of our church, our existing church council members. Uh, and uh, under three of them, uh, you will see that in the case of Sean Dinsmore and Don Ford, their term uh, has come to an end in 2021. Uh, and in the case of Jessica Lerma, she's made the decision to uh, not complete her term. Uh, anytime you have a council member who makes the decision not to complete their term, it is at the discretion of the senior pastor to appoint someone to fulfill that person's term. I'm choosing not to do that at this moment, uh, but we will be uh, talking about three new council members that we are looking to add to our church council, and I'm going to get to that in just one moment. I want to give you some uh, information on uh, our church council. Our church council is not a board. Uh, if you've been a part of a church that has been more congregationally led or board led, uh, the board has the opportunity to hire and fire the pastor and the staff. Uh, that, is not, uh, that is not a part of our polity. Our polity is modified Episcopalian. And you guys all know what that means, right? Uh, what that means is that uh, we are appointed. Uh, I'm appointed to Lifehouse Church. I can be removed from Lifehouse Church by our denomination, uh, but I will tell you that the only time in which we remove pastors from healthy situations, is, uh, which isn't a healthy situation, is integrity issues. Anytime a pastor is removed from their congregation, it's either because they're retiring or uh, the church is dying, or because of integrity issues, meaning there's moral failure, there's uh, uh, ethical financial improprieties in, in the midst of, of the life of the church. And so uh, if there's any fear that the denomination is going to come and pluck us out of here, uh, unless I do something to mess this up, that's not going to happen. Okay? Um, the church council, what the church council does do is oversee all of our finances, uh, we are accountable to the church council in regard to our finances. The church council determines my pay. It determines all of our staff's pay. And they base that off of, uh, there's two different formats that we're using right now. One is uh, that we, uh, a, a matrix that we've borrowed from the Lutheran church that takes uh, the uh, beginning salary of an NEISD school teacher and uh, first, first year school teacher and builds off of that based upon responsibility expectation. And then we've also started this year using something that's called uh, churchsalary.com. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of information about how uh, pastors and church leaders are, are paid. And so uh, that also helps inform us in how we get paid. 
Um, I don't get to determine pay. I don't determine my own pay. I'm not sitting there, you know, throwing out a dartboard thinking I should get paid this. Uh, that's not how this works. Uh, I get to decide who we hire as a church. Uh, but when I decide, hey, I'd really like to hire Liz in that lead position, I have to go to the council, and the council makes the decision on what she gets paid. Council members can serve for two years, and they can serve, that's a, their term, and then they can serve two consecutive terms. So they can serve four years without uh, a, a membership vote. But after they've served four years, they must step off of the church council for one year. And you want this. Whether you know you want this or not, you want this. The reason why is because when you have uh, more of a, a, a non-termed uh, board member or council member, then the longer they're a part of making the financial decisions of the church, the more inward focus it becomes the more control that they have. And by terming council members out, what we do is bring a new perspective, new life, a new vision for the council. And so uh, we always uh, term them out after, uh, at the max after four years. Uh, and so uh, I'm here to tell you that we're going to uh, vote on three new council members. Uh, you should have received a little piece of paper like this. And, uh, and this is how we do this at LifeHouse is we're not voting. Um, we're not pitting people against each other here. I have three council members that have been vetted. Uh, and what I'm asking you to do is help me in the vetting process. So it's possible not probable, but possible, that uh, there is something that you may know about one of these three people that in the vetting process I didn't discover. And so if you do know something about them, I need to know that. And so uh, you're either going to give a vote of confidence for all three of these or you're not going to give a vote of confidence, and on the lines below, you're going to tell me why. And if you are not giving a vote of confidence uh, for uh, a specific reason in one of these three people that I'm about to introduce, uh, I would want you to put your name on the top. Uh, and if you could put, if I assume we have you in our database, but if not, if you could put your phone number there so I could reach out to you and let you know. So the three candidates that we're looking at adding to our church council, uh, the first is Nate McGann, Nathan McGann. Uh, Nate's wife, Jenica, serves down the kids' hall. Nate uh, serves on our first responders. He's also uh, worked for Yantis Construction Company for many years. Uh, the second uh, candidate is Brent Norton. Uh, Brent and his wife have served down our kids' hall for many years. Uh, Brent and, and Bianca have served with uh, our next-gen ministry over the years. Uh, Brent leads, uh, is head of the uh, local ABC roofing supply company here in San Antonio. And so uh, you can see a theme. It's construction people. and No, uh, not intentionally. Uh, and then the third candidate is Brent Cooper. Brent is uh, newer to the life of our church. 
And, uh, and so some of you may or may not have met Brent, but Brent leads a nonprofit organization for uh, military veterans. And, uh, and so Brent under, gets and understands the, um, the nonprofit world and donation world and raising funds and all of that. And so uh, I have uh, personally vetted the three of them. I uh, trust them and believe that they will be good additions to our church council, uh, but I also uh, am mindful that it's possible that, uh, and, and I told Jenica, you, you can't give a vote of uh, non-confidence uh, of your husband. It doesn't work. Um, uh, unless you really have something uh, that I need to know. Um, so I'm asking you to vote on that. At the end of the service, you're going to fold this up, and you're going to drop that in a basket that's going to be available. The, the way that uh, voting for council members typically works is you need to be a member of LifeHouse. And so if you are not a member of LifeHouse, you, your vote doesn't really count. And I know that sounds a little harsh. Um, but membership for us as a denomination uh, is a step that you take. You go to newcomers in step one. Connection is step two, and you have the opportunity to become a member of LifeHouse at Connection. Uh, and uh, one of the benefits of that, and, and by the way, I just want to make sure everyone knows this because I don't want to assume it. It doesn't cost to be a member, <laughs> right? I mean, like sometimes in membership, you think of like membership to a country club or a gym or something along those lines. Membership does not cost. Uh, it's, it's the understanding and expectation that this is your church, you'll serve your church, you'll attend your church, you'll give to your church. That's what church membership is. We cover that in our connection class, which will not be today, but will be next week. And if you want to sign up for connection, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Newcomers is this week, and as I already said, is completely full. So, uh, you can fill that out, uh, you can drop it at the end, there was, um, a question first service uh, that had to do with how, how do I get, if I am a member of LifeHouse, uh, how, do, how do we determine who gets vetted for the council? I go to the existing church council, I talk to the staff, uh, and ask them to give me recommendations. I sometimes take those recommendations, sometimes I don't. Uh, oftentimes I'll take the recommendations and then I'll look at their giving uh, church council is the only group of people besides our church staff that I look at giving records because it's important for the people making all of the decisions about the finances of the church to actually be participating in that. Uh, that would be a little hypocritical if they were not, right? So, uh, so it's the only group that I look at and I ask that. Uh, and then if there's others, like uh, I think the, the real question potentially was, if I wanted to be on the church council, how would I go about doing that? Uh, and I would just say, uh, it, it would be up to you to let me know that you're interested in it in the future, and I would consider that as uh, a potential opportunity for the future. Another question came up was, um, uh, in first service, if there, is there any way to make a recommendation to the church council for something? 
Uh, and I, I would uh, wonder what that recommendation is, uh, but certainly we're not hiding anything and not unavailable. Uh, if you have questions or you want to uh, make a recommendation or a proposal to the church council, you can email them at council at lifehousesa.com, council at lifehousesa.com, or we will update our website after today with the new council members, and you can talk to them here on a Sunday morning. Um, so... Uh, let's see, I'm going to go come back to these questions in just a moment. I want us to move from this uh, into a video from Rachel Van Proyen, who is the director of our communications. Go ahead and take a look at this. Hey, Lifehouse. Welcome to my home. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Rachel, and I oversee communications here at Lifehouse, and I'm super excited to talk to you a little bit today about what we're hoping for communications this year. My heart for communications is that our communications platforms would not just be a point of information, but would actually be equipping people um, and connecting people. Did you know that the average American spends five hours a day on their phones and 88% um, of time spent on those on the screens is actually spent in apps such as Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok. Social media is the modern day town square and it's where people are, it's where most likely you are, and it's where we wanna be. And so one of our goals in 2022 is to start working towards creating content that is enriching and um, value giving in those spaces. Um, part of that includes um, doing more videography and video editing with our content team um, to ultimately put out more content that is um, spiritual formation based to help equip you, but also equip those that are in your life circles. Um, we have a heart to reach out to our neighbors in person that are around our church area. So we have a plan to um, send out direct mailers for upcoming events such as Christmas and Easter and mega sports camp that's going to be happening this year, as well as sending invites to those who recently move into the area to say, hey, welcome to the area and we're glad you're here and we'd love to meet you in person. Ultimately, uh, my heart really is for our communications and our content teams um, that we would just see enriched relationships that lead to discipleship conversations um, because discipleship is the most important work. I'm really excited for 2022 and all that the Lord has for us, and I can't wait to see where this year takes us. All right. A um, couple more questions. We've got a question. Is there uh, any opportunities uh, to work or volunteer in the children's ministry? And I would say we're actually pretty covered there. We don't need any help. <laughs> I mean, obviously just kidding. Uh, yes, uh, there absolutely is. Uh, I would say step one is newcomers. Step two is connection. And children's ministry is one of uh, the only areas in one of the only areas in which we require membership to serve. Uh, and that is because we want to know that the people who are investing into your kids, it's not just daycare down there. They have to be background checked, but they also have to be members because we want to know that they're investing uh, into their spiritual formation and leadership multiplication. So that's, uh, if you already have done newcomers and already done connection and you are a member, the next step is to get a hold of Liz. And if, uh, if you text me and tell me your name, uh, she, will, she will be getting a hold of you uh, pretty quickly. Uh, has the apartment complex that we sold our land to uh, been a good partner with us, and was it the right decision in hindsight? 
something that I forgot to mention is uh, 100% it was the right decision. Uh, it was the right decision for us because we had made the decision that uh, we wanted to get the church out of debt. And this was a way in which we could get out of debt. The Lord had provided us with 22 acres, almost 23 acres. And we were able to portion off a section of that and sell that to the apartment complex and still maintain 11 acres and be able to expand in the future and do everything we want to do here. Uh, Because of that, uh, we now have, it's not in your report, in our balance sheet, we have a million dollars that is in a uh, low interest uh, account that's like a savings account that we have access to at any time in case we need it or there's an emergency. Uh, it, uh, it only earns about 1.75%, which is probably better than what your savings account is right now, uh, but it's still pretty low. And then this year as a church council, we made the decision to uh, step out a little bit and come up with a uh, investment policy. And we've taken the other million from the proceeds of our property uh, and invest that. And I know, I, trust me, I know how the stock market is right now. Um, but we made the decision knowing that uh, there's going to be ups and downs of this. And it's in a conservative fund, um, a pretty almost very conservative fund. And uh, we really approached this as kind of the, the parable of the talents. We didn't want to be the one talent person that just goes and buries it in the sand and it does nothing with it. Uh, we felt like maybe we're not the, the five talent, but maybe we're the three talent. And, uh, and, and we could say, God, what do you want to do with this? And that's giving us some space to where it's growing Uh, but also giving us the space to really hear from the Lord of what he wants to do with that in the future. And I'm going to talk more about that, not today, but uh, next week, because my portion of the sermon is getting uh, taken through questions, which is great. You guys are asking way more questions than first service. Uh, The second thing that came up, are there any miracles or lessons from God that you have learned through financing uh, all the operations and through managing money in general? I don't know if that question is directed specifically at me, um, but when we first got here, but I'm going to answer it as though it is. Uh, When we first got here in 2007, the church had a $1.9 million mortgage. Uh, My very first council uh, council meeting that I attended, by the way, I'd never been to a council meeting before. Uh, and they, they placed me in the church and said, okay, you need to lead a council meeting. I'm like, I've never been to a council meeting. And they're like, yeah, that's right, so go lead it. And, and so I'm leading it, and the very first thing that the council has to tell me is, oh, by the way, uh, you're going to have to get a pay cut. So great, uh, awesome, um, we, primarily because we couldn't make our building payment. And so we ended up having to refinance it to an interest-only loan for five years, and over the years, it, it, especially early on, it was, uh, it was month to month. And, and it, was, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't, we didn't even know if we would get any sort of pay. We took a pay cut. We brought a couple with us to do youth and worship, and we had to let them go. And they had to go get jobs uh, in the real world. And, and luckily, we didn't have to, but it did drop us uh, pretty low in our income. And so uh, in the early years, 
I struggled with my faith. <laughs> Not in my spiritual like relationship with God. I know he loves me and I love him. Um, but whether or not he was actually going to provide for this church, for LifeHouse. And, uh, and so over the years, time and time and time again, I can't point to one miracle, but I can tell you of 14 miracles. Every year I get to the end of our fiscal year, and to me that's a miracle. God's always provided. He's always taken care of us, the rest of the staff. He's always provided for this church and the ministry that comes out of this church. And it's always more than I would ever dream or imagine. So for me, the miracle is every year. Every year that we set a budget based upon numbers that don't exist, and all of a sudden God's provision is there through the faithful giving and generosity of our church. That, to me, is a miracle. So... I'm going to invite Kelly to come up, another person who loves to be in the spotlight and uh, speak in front of people. I want to tell you, I said I wouldn't do this for every staff member, but just the ones that actually came in person. I know this is taking a little bit longer than first service, but um, I believe Kelly is the best worship leader that we've had in 14 years. And I don't mean that by just her talent. Um, talent comes in all forms, and, and we have people who have led worship here before that have had great talent. Um, but I think it's her heart, and I, of course I'm biased, right? I mean, she's my wife. Um, but I'm also pretty objective when it comes to our church because I want to do what's in the best interest of LifeHouse. And I believe that Kelly leading us in worship is in the best interest of LifeHouse because Kelly's sole goal is to be invisible. And that's really what you want your worship leader to be. Not fo the focus and attention being on them, but the focus and, intention and, and attention being on God, leading you as a people into the presence of God. So... Thank you. Um, he's right. I don't love to be up here. <laughs> and some people have asked me, well, then how come you lead worship? But it's really, I can say, honestly, that's the Lord. It really is. I, I can't explain it other than that he gives me a confidence that can only come from him. And I'm glad it's his confidence and not my own. So if it's ever my own, I don't want to do it. Um, I do love to worship, and I love my role here. It's something that I, um, I feel very privileged to be able to do. Um, what Ryan was saying about being invisible, it really is my heart. I don't want to ever be um, a distraction for anyone who is trying to worship their king. That matters more to me than anything else. I can almost get emotional thinking about it because it really is the most intimate relationship we should have is with our king. And so I love the opportunity to be able to lead worship, to lead the team that God has placed under me, with me. I have vocalists and leaders and musicians who um, are amazing, and it's their heart to worship, and not just worship, but lead you as well. I, I say on every, every time I get to the team that's up here every Sunday, you guys are leading this congregation, or the people who are watching online. And so it is our responsibility to do that. Um, I'm 
really excited. I don't want to take too much time because I know we're running out. Um, but I, I'm really excited for this next year. Tonight we're really kicking off something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. It's been a while since we've had a worship night and um, something that has been on my heart. But uh, we didn't want to just sing songs. That's not what we're, what we're going to do tonight. Tonight is meant to be a time of worship a time of worship for you um, with your king, like I said before, So, and a time of prayer. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for more of that. So we're going to be having more of those. Um, something that I'm happy and excited to do with my team, um, I'm going through this book right now, How to Worship a King, and it's been so impactful for me. And I can't wait to introduce this to the worship team. Some of them may have already read it before me, but it's fantastic. And it's going to be, I believe... Um, a wonderful tool to get us to the next step of really understanding what it is, what our role is as worshipers. Because it's not just about singing worship, as we learned last week. It's it's about surrendering every part of our life um, to God. That is true worship. But it is also singing worship. And so we're going to learn a lot about that and um, grow as a team. I'm really, like what Rachel said, discipleship is really heavy on my heart right now. I want more community within our, ti- within our team. And I believe that's going to really affect Um, worship on Sunday mornings as well. So um, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to lead you every Sunday. We we love doing it. Spoiler alert, we're probably going to do a series based on that. And uh, the goal is to get that book in every one of your hands uh, this year. Um, you're going to see a uh, video. This feels a little bit like a family affair. Uh, Our tech director, uh, Jacob Coffey, is going to share with you what he does. Hey everyone, Uh, for those of you that do not know me, my name is Jacob Coffey and I'm the tech director here at LifeHouse. I oversee all of tech and production and I'm so blessed to be in the position that I'm in and I'm so blessed to be a small part of uh, what we get to do here at LifeHouse Church. Now I'm new to this so I'll try and make it quick uh, but to help me explain the vision for tech and production team I brought a few friends to help me explain. So take it away. Alrighty, well I will, uh, I will try my best. So, I am representing the technical side of this team. Over the last year, we have done so much to improve our live stream and production. And that has been great, but we will be continuing to always push to improve, to do our best, to give you the quality that you deserve. Uh, for 2022, as of right now, the only big project that we have on our radar is lighting. So I will spare you a lot of the details, but I will uh, say that upgrading our lighting will definitely improve the quality of both our in-person and our online services. Alrighty, well that is it from me. Uh, Now a quick word from this guy. Thanks, guys. Well, fun edits and tech equipment aside, one of my main goals for the tech and production team over the tasks is connecting with people. Historically, tech team has been that place that you kind of Just go and hide in the shadows, and I'm totally guilty of that. Uh, But me and a few people on my team are really trying our best to push past doing the tasks at hand and finding new ways to connect with one another on a deeper level. Well, there's so much more I could say about what we want for this tech production team, but I was only given two minutes, so I have to honor that. However, if you have any questions about anything, it could be technical, it could be uh, about who we are as a tech team, don't hesitate to come chat with me or reach out to me by emailing jacob at lifehousesa.com. Thanks, everyone. All right. Um, 
if you haven't noticed already, uh, the lighting project isn't quite complete, but you'll have noticed that maybe there's a different uh, kind of lighting that's on stage. This was done for our live stream. It was a big investment that we made uh, for uh, those of you that watch online. Uh, the lighting on our live stream has been terrible. Um, and that's nobody's fault other than the fact that we had uh, conventional lighting for uh, 14 years. Um, so uh, there may be other projects in regard to that. Our speakers uh, that are hanging here are uh, 25 years old. No, that's not right. 20 years old. Uh, we don't know how, long, how much longer they're going to last, uh, so at some point we may have to replace those this year, and, uh, and then there is some discussion about this stage that's been at least 20 years old. So um, I want to close our time out. Uh, uh, if you have your Bibles, we're, we got a little bit of a mess. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's getting late, and I'm going to have the worship team come. Uh, I want to end with this, uh, because I do have a message that is about the future of LifeHouse and some of the adjustments that we're making and the tweaks that we are addressing uh, to better equip you for the work of the ministry. That's really our role. And this is what I, I believe. Uh, and I came out of 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, really with what I believe to be a, a pretty um, obvious observation uh, but I think it's maybe more than that. I think it's maybe even a prophetic word for some in here. Uh, and that has to do with the fact that uh, I believe that this year will be the best year of your life if, if this is the best year of your life spiritually. So if you spend this year worrying and, and getting caught up in the, the noise of this world and the chaos of what's going on in our society, I, don't, I can't guarantee that it's going to be the best year of your life. But if you do commit to spending time in the presence of God, you spend time in His Word and in worship of our King and, and praise to Him, if you, leave, if you see your church community as not just the only place in which uh, spiritual things can take place, but that when you leave here, that, uh, that this is just the beginning, but that when you go out those doors and you go into your life circle and you have the opportunity to pray for people and tell people about what God's done in your life, I am telling you that will be the best year of your life. It will be. And the promise isn't from me. The promise is really from God. We can see it in Scripture. And I just, I'm going to end with this. We're going, to, we're going to receive the offering in a second. But I'm going to preach next week about um, a passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 9. And it's Jesus really kind of going around to the different cities. And he, he sees the crowds of people. And he, he says this, it, when, it says this, when he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I have to acknowledge and admit that for me, as I've read those, that scripture over the years, I've often thought about your life circle and all of the people in my community and all the people out there that are lost like sheep without a shepherd. And I need to just confess that I recognize that there are some of you here that 
feel harassed and helpless. That it seems like the life that you're living is just, it's a constant harassment from the enemy and you just don't feel like you have the tools to deal with it. You feel helpless. And our commitment to you, just in short, is our role is to equip you and to give the tools to you that you need so that when the enemy tries to harass you or when you encounter those divine moments that God creates in your life, you get to help them. You get to love them. You get to have compassion for them. Our role here doesn't end here in this room. It begins. This is the beginning of what God wants to do in your life out there. Let's pray.